welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Grab your Bibles. Come on, stand to your feet. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We're going to continue the series, Double for Your Trouble. How many of you are glad to be in church this Sunday morning again? And and once again, welcome to all of our first-time guests. For all of you that are here that have heard about us, uh, let me simply say, whether good or bad, uh, it doesn't matter. You're here. And, and, And I promise you, if you will stick with us and let the Spirit of God begin to develop some things in your heart and step into an atmosphere... And we don't ask you to, and I think some of you look wonderful this Sunday morning, but we don't ask you to dress up in in, in suits and ties all the time because we believe wearing God's best is having a great attitude, having a spirit of faith, and a prayer. Now, if that's your style, I like it. Personally, I hate ties. I get claustrophobic. That's the only reason I don't wear them. But in this church, the only thing we ask you to come to church with is come ready with your praise on and your worship on. That's the most important thing. And I promise you, you will leave changed. But give us a chance, and you're going to give God a chance, and things are going to change. I've learned the secret to life is consistency. And there's nothing that can outdo that. Are you ready for his word? Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. And it came to pass, as he went through Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go shew yourself or show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, because they had mercy, God had mercy on them, and then then they were healed. And so then he said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they began to go, it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now they were being cleansed as they were walking. That's amazing. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. See, the healing took place the moment he spoke it, but it was a process. Healing is a process. Sometimes we look for an instance, uh, an instant uh, happening, but that's a miracle if it takes place. So sometimes when God heals you in a service, you have to thank him by faith to see the rest of it through. It happens. And so one of them turned back when he saw he was healed, turned back and and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Someone say thanksgiving. And And he was a Samaritan. That means that he was both comprised of the Jewish background and also the Gentile background. And it's what, it's what most of us call a mix. I got four of them in my family. They're all mixes. 
Okay, I can say that because I have a white wife, right? So, I understand. I understand. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give him. They were not, they are not found that return to give God the glory to God. Save this one stranger. This and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. You have heard this many times in the scripture. We're going to break it down and show you how no matter what kind of trouble you're in, if you will allow God through a spirit of thanksgiving and go back to him based on what he's already done in your life, you're going to see the completeness of God's destiny and God's purpose in your life come to pass. It will happen. And this one person, the Samaritan, came back and gave Jesus some gratitude. Gave him gratitude. And God completed his life. To be made whole means more. And that's what we're going to talk about this Sunday morning. We're going to talk about the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude in your problems and your trouble even when things aren't going right, if you can muster up enough faith just to say, thank you, Jesus, for what's going on, because I know all things work together for good, and I'm going to come through this thing, and I'm going to be a better person, and I'm going to overcome, and this is nothing compared to the end result of where you're taking me. Are you ready for that word? Are you ready? Come on, speak over it this Sunday morning. Pray for me. Come on, pray for the service. Lift up your hands and say, Lord Jesus, touch this service. Touch this word, touch this message. You're already in the house. You're in the worship. God, now fulfill it, Father. Now touch, touch my heart, Lord. Let the words come out of my mouth that are, that are completely surrendered to you. I pray that every heart be open, that everyone receive what they need to receive today. Let all of us walk out changed in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Now give God one more hand clap of praise. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You may be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. So, so in the above scripture, there is one that came back, but there was ten. And and of, of, of all people, it was a Samaritan. A Samaritan should not have received the benefits of God's healing power and the distribution, if you will, of the kingdom at that moment. It was outside his dispensation. For all of you dispensationalists that know the era that we're in, we're in an era of grace. We're in an era of, of just the, the mercy of God and, and everyone, doesn't matter who you are, Jew, Greek, Italian, Latino, it doesn't matter. Asian. Everyone under the blood of Jesus becomes one nation. Everyone now. But before that happened and before Jesus gave his life, this Samaritan was outside because that dispensation, because Jesus said, I've only come to seek and to save the lost sheep of Israel. So in this moment, 
this Samaritan comes in and he begins to, he begins to recognize what God actually did in his life. And as he told them, because the healing took place, the moment he gave them instruction, that's the power of God. He gives them instruction. He said, have mercy on them. And then he told them, go to the priest. And just being obedient. Sometimes we complicate it so much. We think we have to have a certain formula. We think we have to go on a three-day fast. We think we have to... Read the whole book of John before God's going to love us and give us favor. I don't read anywhere in the Bible that that Samaritan did anything in particular to gain favor in that moment to get healed from God. All I do see, though, I see that he simply did what he asked was asked to do. And in the process of being obedient, God did the work. Now, when he saw what had happened at that moment and he saw the the healing take place. Remember, being healed from something does not mean to be made whole. It doesn't. There is a big difference. Healing addresses something specific. Healing addresses something specific. It's a singular need. Wholeness is all-encompassing. It is what makes everything that you're dealing with that's out of order, placing it in order. For example, if God, if you need God to heal your spirit, he will heal your spirit. But if he made you whole, that healing would go further into your spirit, soul, and body. If you ask God to heal your body, he'll heal your body. You get healed. But sometimes the healing, now this is another sermon, but I want to give you a list of a little bit of a nugget of wisdom the reason why some people, when they receive their healing and it seems like it comes back, is because God will heal their, their body, but they never allow him to heal their soul and spirit. So it's reverted, reversed, and his symptoms seem to come back over and over again. That's why I believe the most important healing you can have in your life is that of a spiritual nature. Your spirit your soul. So when God healed and made him whole, he made him whole like Naaman. Do you remember Naaman in the Bible? When he came to the prophet and he was a leper? When Naaman came to, to the prophet, his, sent his servant, he told him to go to the river Jordan and dip in there seven times. And he would be made whole. And Naaman had a problem with that. Naaman said, huh, isn't Farpar and isn't the other rivers more, more cleaner and more, 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 uh, more, more royal, if you will, for, for someone like me? A lot more presentable. Jordan is muddy. Jordan is dirty. Jordan is not the river I like to go to, Right? Who would dare go snorkeling in the Guadalupe River here in Victoria, Texas versus going up to San Marcos or someplace else, right? You ever seen the Guadalupe River up towards that area? Why does it look so clean up there and so, I don't know, it just, you understand what I'm trying to tell you? How everything changes downstream? Because downstream in your life is where all the problems are at, and God has to meet you there sometimes. And so that river was relevant to Naaman's life 
And I think that God wanted to see whether or not he was going to go through with it where he was at in his personal life. I think that sometimes God challenges us to do things that we really don't want to do that, if you will, you feel like it's above your pay grade. No, but I'm not going to do that. Forget it. Go over there and do that. I'm not going to that church. Who does he think I am? You ever met anybody like that? I'm not doing that. Let me tell you something. If God wanted to heal me, I don't care if God asked me to jump in a septic tank. I will jump in a septic tank. If I knew I was dying of cancer and I knew I was a leper and all was lost, I don't care what God says. God forbid he'd ask me to do it. But, you know, the, the truth is, who, I, I don't have too much pride. I don't have too much arrogance. I mean, let go of your ego, right? Like the commercial. Remember that? Let go of my ego. Let go of your ego. Well, now you got it. Okay, that's my sense of humor. I'm trying. Okay. Let go of your ego. Because God wants to do something in your life, and he's asking you to do something that's so simple. What are you talking about, Pastor Bobby? Well, have you, have, you ever, have you asked that person to forgive you? That's muddy water. That's muddy water. Have you said, I'm sorry? Ooh, now it's getting quiet. I know I'm hitting it right now. I'm hitting it right now. Have you asked that one person? Well, I didn't do anything wrong. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that this word says, that we are to be obedient and forgive 70 times 7. And we're to be the bigger person. And we're to walk in meekness. And we're to love everybody. Well, I'm not going to love them. You hear what they said about me? Time scared. We're going to throw down at 530. <laughs> Nobody says throw down anymore, right? I give myself away. We're going to throw down. <laughs> you're going to fall down. You know how old you are? You're going to fall down. That's what you're going to do. Throw down. I don't care how much they say about you. Look, let me, let me, I've said this a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. Anybody can out-trash you, but never let them outclass you. Ever. Ever. You walk in love. You walk in meekness. You walk in an authority that God has given you. There's no reason to try to bully anybody. You have an authority in your life and let God take care of every one of your enemies. You're to love somebody, love people, okay? Let God do the judging. Let God do the vindicating. Let God do everything necessary. Your responsibility is to stay pure-hearted, is to stay in love with him. I mean, is not falling in love with him the best thing that's ever happened in your life? I mean, if you stay right there, if you stay right there, God can do more with your love than he can with your offense. God can do more with your love. And so thanksgiving is a way to keep your mind occupied and focused on what really matters. Thanksgiving, no matter what happens to you, no matter what comes your way, I know Every time I have a problem that comes into my life, 
It's an opportunity to, for God to prove himself and do something bigger and better and do it faster because the delay really is on me. I think many times God waits on us to get it together so he can put it together, right? I think that's what happens. But David knew, David knew that thanking God through the process of his deliverance and every victory was going to bring fulfillment in his life. Thanking God along the way. We may not be where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We may be behind a payment, but listen, we, don't, we still have the house. Thank you, Jesus. And you're going to, something good's on the way. Something's fixing to happen because we've been faithful in giving, because we go to church and we've been, we weren't just in church. We become the church, right? I did, okay, can I just help you? Can I, I'm a friend. Can I help you? Just because you're in church doesn't mean you're a Christian. It doesn't. Go stand in your garage. It doesn't make you a car. Am I right? You have to do something. But be like David. I was glad. There's Thanksgiving again. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He went with Thanksgiving. So listen to David. Psalms 104. Listen to what Psalms 104 says. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Do you understand what that scripture is actually referring to and trying to what that scripture is actually trying to tell us? The gates in our life is what we strive to enter in through. The gates of a city is where business was conducted with every community, like towns, like the town square. The gates of the city was the very entrance and the priority of every, every dignitary within the confines of that city and the, and the community because that's where everything was, was, was passed to come in. Everything was checked when it went out. It was just security, safety. But, but there in the gates of the city... It's where I think we miss it because in order to enter into the gates, in order to enter into your domain and where you were meant to be, in order to see opportunity, now here we go, opportunity open up in your life, the first thing you have to have is thanksgiving, gratitude, gratitude, God will not bless somebody who's not thankful. Let me rephrase that. God will bless you. But he will not, how can I say this? Super bless you. Uh-huh. It's in the Urban Dictionary. Type it in. Doesn't matter. It's my sermon, my words. I made it up. God will not give you the double portion without a thankful heart. David was a man of thanksgiving. He knew the secret. So he told and he wrote in the psalm. He put it into a song. Enter into his gates. He didn't say nothing about opening the gate. He didn't say anything about unlocking the gate. 
because thanksgiving is a reflection of what something of something that's already been done so that tells me that somebody else opened up the gate and that he entered in with thanksgiving like thank you you ever had anybody did, 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 did the greet did the greeting team open up the door for you when you came into the church Anybody who, who they did that? Anybody? Did they do that for somebody here? What did you say after they opened the gate for you? Come on. What did you say after they opened the door for you? Thank you. Thank you right? That's what David is saying. God's going to open up doors for you, but enter in with thanksgiving and then praise and then always be thankful. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's vital. It's an important part of the process. Without thanksgiving, we don't enter in. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Is there some place in, is there some place in God or in your personal life that you haven't entered? That's what you have to ask yourself. Is there some place or something in your life or somewhere where you haven't entered? I've seen this happen so many times. Sometimes it's not the words. And when I speak of gratitude, I'm not speaking just of words. It's actions. It's actions. My mother, my mother was a very fashionable person when she was alive. Uh, my mom was, how would you say it? She was chiflada. Does that make is that the right word? I hope I didn't cuss. Is that the right word? <laughs> right? <laughs> Done that before. It's not what that means, Pastor. Okay, I'll, sorry. I'll Google translate it next time. She was so prissy, and she loved clothes. So my mother, she had this thing since I was little. She would get a new dress, and she said... She wouldn't wear it any place else until she first wore it to church. And I thought, <clears throat> well, that's just a waste of money. You have to wait a whole week to wear the dress, and you have nothing to wear, and then you got this dress. I mean, you, I, don't know, I don't know what the deal is. You have a whole closet full of clothes, and you say, I have nothing to wear. Huh? Husbands keep looking straight. Don't look at your wife. And I thought, how in the world did my mom have all this? She had all kinds of dresses, a lot of dresses. And my mom didn't have a lot of money at the end of her life, but she had all kinds of dresses, nice dresses, expensive dresses. Sometimes she'd go to the Goodwill at the thrift store. She loved thrift stores, right? We, we used to live on the south side of town. There was a thrift store down there, and we called it Dillard South. Right? Like H-E-B plus. Minus. Anyways. My mom would walk in and see a brand new dress that they dropped off from Dillard's. That's why we call it Dillard's South. Because the stores would go in and take it in. My mom was a very frugal person, but she loved to find deals. And she'd find brand new ones all the time. It just happened to fit her. And she was a seamstress, so she would make it if it didn't fit her. And I wondered why did God keep on blessing her. She never said thank you to God most of the time, but she always honored God by just taking them to church first. So I learned a lesson when I was little 
And we weren't even in church, like strong in church, like, like, you know, every week going to church. We only went to church when we did something wrong. Because we wanted to feel better about it. And as long as we got a little splash on the head, shook the priest's hand, we were good. So I was, I'm going to heaven. I made it good. But I learned a long time ago as a kid that it's not what you say most of the time. It's what you do. Did you know coming to church on Sunday morning is an act of thanksgiving to God? You know, it's showing appreciation and gratitude for the things that God has given you, taking care of what God's given you as an act of gratitude towards him. I don't want to go too preaching, go too long on the subject, but you get what I'm talking about, right? You can tell that your child appreciates something when you buy them something and they take care of it. It means a lot to you. Gratitude. Gratitude. That goes a long ways with God. It goes a very long ways with God. Number one, point number one, and the only point I'm giving you today is this. Thanksgiving moves God. Thanksgiving, it moves God. It moves God to compassion. It matters to him how grateful you are. It matters to him how fulfilled you are. He cares about you so much. He does little things for you most of the time. And then I come to God's house. You see, according to the Jewish calendar, the end of the week was actually yesterday. Um, the Sabbath was actually Saturday, according to the Jewish calendar. Now, we believe in the Christian world because of the New Covenant and New Testament that the Sabbath is the Holy Ghost. Go read Hebrews chapter 8. Go read what Paul referred to as the Sabbath, the day of rest. It's ceasing from our works and resting in his. So we believe every day is holy unto the Lord, right? Okay, I said a lot there, but you understand what I'm saying. But, but, did you know that today, Sunday, is actually, according to the Jewish calendar, the first day of the week? So we come to church on Sundays now because we're giving God the first fruits of our week. We're honoring him. We're saying, thank you, God, for giving me last week, and I'm going to come and thank and give you honor for the rest of this next week. You don't even know it, but you're giving God thanks already. And you step into his house, and you tell him thank you, and you worship him, and you put him first, and you give your tithes and offerings. Oh, don't get quiet on me. First fruits. I am worshiping God with my finance because I thanked him by giving him 10, and he's going to bless the 90. And then I see God moving in my family because we put him first. The family that goes to church together stays together. The family that prays together stays together. The family that comes together in one unity in Christ will always be strong. God's intent isn't just to build a strong church, and you are the church, but he's trying to build strong families. Strong families. And I'm going to talk to the men, and he wants to build by building strong men. All the men say hoorah. Glad I wasn't going to war right there. They'd be kind of... Did you hear that, men? We're going to win today. Bunch of losers. <laughs> All the men say hoorah. Hoorah. That makes me feel better. 
I say that because you're the first one that goes into the battle. You're the first one that faces every problem in your family. And you're the one that has to be stronger. I'm just going to say this one thing, and I'm going to move on because I know I'm lollygagging. I know I'm messing around. But gentlemen, never, ever let your wife outpray you. Never, ever let your wife outworship you. It's not a competition, but you got to see something here. You're the leader. You're the worshiper. You're the one everyone's looking up to. And if you'll surrender to God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and you'll thank him by telling everybody in that house, listen, if they're not paying the rent, they need to be in church. <laughs> if they're not paying the rent, they need to be in church. I'm too tired today, Dad. I spent all night playing Fortnite. <laughs> Get up, boy. You're going to church. I had a, you know, listen, I, my kids, had, they, don't judge me, okay? My kids did have a drug problem growing up. We drugged them to church every single Sunday and every single Wednesday. That's the only one. Now, you ready? Gratitude is the highest level of faith. Why? Because gratitude puts you in a position of anticipating God to do more when you live in a life of thanksgiving. It sustains what God's already given you by thanking him for what's already done. But staying with the heart of gratitude has now positioned you to receive more, and through gratitude, God will flow through you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out here. Are you ready? Can you, can you see that? This is where everything begins. When God does a healing in your life, God begins the healing in your spirit. Many people need a healing in their spirit. God's Holy Spirit will you encounter God's spirit upon your confession of faith and through the blood of Jesus. But most of us need our spirit man saturated by a baptism of the spirit to get to the core, to saturate, to be baptized comes from the Greek word baptismal, which means to dip, completely submerge. And most of the time, some of us still struggle with things because our spirit has not been completely submerged in his presence, a spirit baptism. But through that spirit baptism, and your spirit is maintained and strengthened through prayer and through worship. The next thing is connected to in the way the path that it takes is, and this is where most of us have our biggest challenges, is the soul. See, I labeled it as green because it's growth. Your soul shall always grow. And the things that would hinder it more than anything else, I picked the two things that I feel like affect our soul more than anything else, it's thoughts and feelings. And so when you have, you can feel gratitude for what God has done because remember, if you have the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost is feeling something that God is doing. 
And you don't even recognize it sometimes when you feel a little bit, you feel a pep in your step, you feel kind of a peace in your spirit, but then your thoughts mess it all up. You feel like something good's going to happen, then you think, oh my God, what, what if this happens? Thoughts. I just don't, I, I feel this, but I just feel this way. Paul said, when I do good, evil is present. And I try to, I want to do good, but there's something else that fights within me. That's your soul, the old nature, and your spirit, man, without it being completely in surrender to God. So God begins to move. God wants to move. See, here, here is the kingdom. Here, here's what the kingdom is trying to do. Let's just do this. Okay. The kingdom is trying to work its way through. You have all the available resources right here. All of them. And God's kingdom is wanting to come through into your life. But he, how does he enter in? He enters in through your spirit, your heart. And then God tries to work his way through here. But then there's a blockage. Because our stinking thinking messes it all up. And we're at a standstill. That's why it's so good to read your Bible. Your Bible is the only book in this world. I say that, it's a, broad, it's a very sharp statement. It's a very profound statement. It's a very strong statement. But I believe that. Listen, all these are the books that you're reading that are inspiring. I promise you, they are spinoffs from the Bible. But the Word of God is the most inspirational book. It is the only book you can read with the author is present all the time. The Word of God is the only thing in this world that the Holy Ghost will agree with 110%. So when your thinking is in alignment with your spirit, man, then you have just allowed him to go through. And I'm going to tell you, feelings will follow right after that. Because thoughts create feelings. Oh. <laughs> thoughts create feelings. Don't worry about Rambo. <laughs> it's a wonderful life, right? Your feelings will follow all the time. Your feelings will follow all the time. That's why you have to act on something. But here's what you can do. This produces action. When you get it in your mind, and sometimes, many times, it's in our mind. But sometimes in order, watch this. Sometimes this is delayed. Sometimes that's just delayed, and we don't feel it, but you're thinking it, and you start to speak it. How your body comes into place in this whole process of thanksgiving is what comes out of your mouth and what you do in action. Two things, what you say and what you do will begin to open up the door for you and for God. And if you'll start doing something 
Later on, I'm going to tell you something. Shortly after that, the feeling will come. We govern everything by feelings. I think that, you know, the experience with God is emotional. I think, I thank God for that it's emotional. I thank God that I can feel him. But sometimes you just can't feel him every time. Sometimes you have to know him. Sometimes you have to know what the word says. And sometimes if you can't feel him, I do believe this. I want, I want to tell you this. If you can't feel him, then go and act on him. Take action and change your words and the feeling will come. Now, I'm going to say something that you may not agree with, but that's okay. This is just my opinion because I think there's reference to it in the Bible. But I believe you can feel God every day. I believe you can pray in the Spirit every day. I believe you can get your mind lined up with Him every day. Paul said it like this. It's through Him. We move, right? We live. We have our being. Everything. I believe you can walk in the Spirit. That's called walking in the Spirit. We don't feel, I don't feel it. I'm not going to church. Why? I don't feel it. Get to church and you will feel it. I've used that excuse for, for uh, working out, right? Exercising. I don't feel it. I don't feel like the Lord's telling me that today. Why would God tell you to stay home from church and not go to church? That's not God. That's your flesh. You're living right here. You're dominating right here, and you're still right here, and you're not letting your spirit man is hungry, and you deal with it every week, and you feel God just something on the inside telling you, oh, man, I need some food. The Holy Ghost needs to be fed. You got to, you know, if you want something to grow, you have to feed it and nourish it and growth. Now, here's the secret. Gratitude. When you've gone through that, it enters your life. Your life is your career. I put the two main things I feel like everybody is, is living for. You live for God, but it's your life that's consistent of your family and your career. Because part of your career is part of supplying the needs for your family, providing for your family. This is where most men live, family career. In my life, it's, it's God Family, church, career, and believe it or not, ministry is last. There's a big difference between ministry and relationship, by the way. If I have any kind of a ministry, it's because it's him ministering through me, right? So it's taken care of when I have a relationship with him and my first priority. But it's not about us and our ministries. Most ministers, well, forgive me, I'm not going to talk about it. That's not me. All I got to say is, I can care less if I end up on TBN. As long as I stay in Victoria and make you happy and make God happy and all that. I mean, you got to look locally. Focus on becoming better, not bigger. Focus on what's real. Focus on the real people that love you and the God that loves you. And be real. Be real. Don't live a life of politics. People can pick up on that real quick. 
People are smart, guys. They'll pick on you so fast and know if you're a phony, if you're real. Be real. Let God begin to do the work in your life. And I'm telling you, if you want to see something happen dramatically, change in your life, then you have to have a heart of thanksgiving all along the way. So you have to begin to praise him with thanksgiving and worship him in prayer. And you have to begin to allow your thoughts and your feelings to comply to being grateful. And you have to let your words and your actions begin to follow through with, God's, with what God's already done in your life. Can I ask you a question? With, with, with whatever God's already done for you right now, wherever you're at in your life, I want you to think about it. Are you further along, along than where you used to be before God found you? Okay. What have you done with what God has given you already? Do you think that we can all go back and say, you know what, I can give God more thanksgiving and praise for what he's already done? The truth is, I think we can have a praise break right now just to thank God for what he's already done in our lives. I think that we can live there for a while. I mean, listen, I'm not in jail. I'm not six feet under. I'm not in the hospital. I'm in the house of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't care how simple it may be. I don't care how simple it may be. God, thank you for a water heater. You've never been without a water heater? You've never been without, you just cold water. How many of you have ever lost your hot water? Right? <laughs> Woo! Get out of there, boy. My dad used to tell us all the time, I remember when he, I was a kid, Take a, take a cold shower like the Indians did, just to make us tough. I take cold showers every once in a while to discipline myself. I do. Don't judge me. Anyways, that's another. We'll have a private conversation about that. I'm weird. I don't care. I'm weird. I was raised different, man. My point is, you can find something to be thankful for right now. That's what I'm saying. You can find, you can, spend, you can spend the rest of this year thanking God for everything he's done for you with something different. I thank God for every moment in my life. David was right. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who healeth our diseases, who forgiveth our iniquity. That's what Psalms 103 says. Who makes, who restores me. I bless him. I'm thankful to him. This is the key for the, this was the key for the leper. The leper was made whole. What God wants to do in your family and in your careers and everything else, even in your finances, is make you whole. That's why I'm saying all of this. Some of you have been healed. All of us, I believe, have received healing. You may not. Listen, we have seen God. I've seen God heal somebody's broken ankle in this church in the back. I've seen this happen. Heal completely. I've seen God heal cancer in this church. I've seen God heal people and we believe that we don't have to lay hands on everybody. I think God just does the work when people have faith. But I've seen God do great things. 
but we look for the big miracle to give God thanks. Hold on a second. You being here is a miracle. <laughs> People think you're strange because you're here now. Let's just t look at it that way. Oh, I heard you go to church on Sundays. I heard you go to that church. What church is that church? What church? That church over there. What church is that? The one over there. Which one? The one over behind Venturas. That church? Yeah, that church. You go there? Heard they speak in tongues over there. You go to that church? Heard y'all clap your hands in that church. Oops. <laughs> heard you raise your hands. I heard sometimes people cry. Why are people crying in church, man? I heard people say amen all the time out loud when you're saying somebody say amen. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that people know who you are already. Give him thanks in, in the moment. Give him thanks everywhere you go. Give God the credit for everything. Give God, make Jesus known. Make Jesus famous. Make Jesus the one who does everything good in your life. I give all the credit to him. I give all the credit to God for everything. I've messed, I mean, I'll tell you what, my kids have messed up Christmas for so many other kids growing up. Because I've taught my kids, and don't get mad at me. I believe, you know, it's good to have, you know, some fun during the holidays. But I've taught my kids, Santa didn't bring you those presents, Jesus did. Shoot. Jesus, bless your daddy and your mama to work their butt off so they can get those presents for you. Sorry, I said butt. Forgive me. That's as bad as it gets here. It's in the Bible. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? We give all credit to him. We give all glory to him, man. There's nothing in this world. Now watch this. Psalms 9, 1 through 10. And this is the last scripture, and I'm giving you then we're going to get out of here. Psalms 9, 1 through 10. It says, the Psalm of David, I will give thanks to the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. In other words, I'm going to reflect. I'm going to look back. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praises to your name. O Most High, when my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. How? Through what? Thanksgiving. He's giving us the secret to thanksgiving. You have maintained, everyone say maintained, my just cause. You have sat on the throne, giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to end in everlasting ruins. Their cities were rooted up, out, and every the very memory of them have perished. But the Lord 
sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in the time of trouble. And for those who know your name, put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you, O God. Somebody give him some praise. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. God wants to make your life whole if you'll just go back and give him some thanksgiving. For what he's already done. Oh, how many of you have been blessed with a new job, but you're still in debt? You've been healed, but you're not made whole. Oh, are you catching this now? How many of you have seen... Uh, uh, your husband come to God, but your children are still unsaved. You've been healed in one area, but you're not made whole in your family. If you'll go back to him and with a thankful heart and just begin to thank him for what he's already done, he's going to feel and fulfill everything else he wants to do and what you want to also. That's how it works. Here's what I do know. Are you ready? Gratitude plus action equals a move of God. Gratitude plus action. Not just saying it alone, but acting on it. And words is action also. But acting on it equals a move of God. You want God to move? Jesus was moved with compassion towards the leper who came back. And he says, your faith hath made you whole. You have faith. You have faith to make you whole. It's not good enough just to come to church and you get a touch. But if God touched you today and you, your husband and your family needs a touch, maybe they're not here, maybe they're someplace else, or, or maybe your coworkers, your career, God gave you the job, but there's still a promotion in that job. Maybe some of you, God called to have a business, and, and, and you have the knowledge. Thank God for what you have already, and maybe God will open up that gate for you. I'm telling you, if you'll go back and with a heart of gratitude, if you'll go back to God and sincerely begin to thank Him and worship Him all the days of your life, it won't be long. You'll be entering the gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. And you're going to tell Him, you're going to tell Him, Thank you, God. Thank you for opening up the door. Thank you for opening up the business. Thank you for saving my family. And when you enter into praise, it's going to sound like this. You are a mighty God. You are an everlasting provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You are Jehovah Tiskanu. You are the God who's a banner. You are Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shani. You're a Jehovah Shama. You are Jehovah. Come on, somebody. The Lord that God provides. The Lord that provides. Jehovah Jireh. The God that provides. Tell him. Now somebody give him some praise in this house. Somebody give him some praise. Lift up your hands and give him some thanksgiving. Right now, just give him some thanksgiving right now. Tell him, thank you for what you've done already. 
Thank you for what you're doing, God. Thank you for what you're doing, God. We bless you today. We bless you today, God. We bless you today, Jesus. Thank you today, Jesus. Bless your name. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> All together, close your eyes. All together, just agree with me. Pray with me. Are you ready? Just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, everything I have, everything you've done has been good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my business. Thank you for my relationships. Thank you for the finances you've given me. It all belongs to you. I give you gratitude today. I give you my heart today. Now, Lord, let me walk in a spirit of thanksgiving. Let me walk with the spirit of gratitude to open my heart for more. In the name of Jesus. Now receive it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.